It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now. Here's Mike Adams 2.0. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Happy Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week. Today is Saturday, but I hope you had a tremendous Thanksgiving on Thursday. Micah gave us his recipe last week of green bean casserole. Uh, you, it's broccoli, spinach, mushroom casserole. And don't forget, you got to have that fried onions on top. Boy, did I enjoy it. Those little bit of leftovers, too, Mike. It makes the perfect spread over the turkey sandwich, I'm telling you. Yeah, and the turkey sandwiches for the next couple of weeks are always the best sandwiches you can have. Micah Formula One. And, and I'm going to tell you what they're saying. This is going to be, was bigger than the Super Bowl. That Formula One is bigger than the Super Bowl that Vegas will be hosting in February. You know, I saw Steve Aoki saying that. I saw Shaquille O'Neal as he was saying Hamilton walking down the runway saying that. We saw the stars were out. Will I am talking about heck, he's even taking the show and following them to Abu Dhabi. The stars were out. The glitz and glamour. Maybe some film came down and got scratched off some walls, if you know what I mean. Camera angles. though Those were great on social media. People found some creative ways around it. Year one of 10, it's just beginning for the F1 in Las Vegas. Well, and it looked cool, Micah, when they were going down the strip. Uh, and 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 I have to say, the pregame festivities the night before, when you talk about Tiesto, John Legend, the mixture of entertainment. I don't know if you saw that uh, during the preliminary runs, but I thought their entertainment mix into the superstars, into the bright lights at night, it kind of worked for them. So what we're talking about is this isn't a sporting event. This is an entertainment event. This is this is something right up the alley of Mike Adams. Because we know you. you. You're like a six-year-old. You're not entertained by one thing for long. You need the music. Wait, is there this stage? Is there that stage? Could we have a third stage? Is there EDM? Is EDMC going on? Is there the electric circus? Could they add nitro circus? Mike <laughs> Adams is like, look at this side of the strip, that side of the strip, and then we get some F1 racing. Hey, the cars go by. Cool. We go back back to this, that, then you can watch some dancing. Hey, look, the cars go by again. It is the perfect two hours for Mike Adams. I'll tell you what, Nitro Circus, nice reference, Micah. Let's continue. I know you got a great interview at the bottom of the hour, and I'm excited for that, but we got to go factor fiction. It has to be Thanksgiving-style factor fiction. I don't know how much turkey we're going to talk, but we'll get down to stuffing some great facts in here. Max Van Streppen, he delivered and lived up to the expectations. Micah, that's a fact. Maybe may go down, Micah, and I know this is going to be bold. He's won how many? It's about 16 in a row, 53 overall. He's about halfway to Hamilton, who is the current record leader at 108 wins for F1. This is probably the most incredible year I've seen in racing. In racing. Most incredible year. Any driver. I think that Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, let's take it outside the screw. What Hamilton has done. There have been some names and 16 in a row from Van Streppen. Coming back five-second deficit like it was nothing from fifth place. Even encouraging his teammate who's in third. Come on, dude. Let's go. Let's get there. Let's take the top two for the team. This guy is something else. And he said, I could walk away tomorrow and I'd be fine with him. 
Also take this into consideration, Michael. You're not just racing in different little cities, right? You're in Abu Dhabi. You're in Monaco. You're in Las Vegas. Think about all the other stuff you could be doing prior to racing that car, right? There's other things you can do in Vegas, but he stays focused and wins the Las Vegas Grand Prix. There's other stuff to do in Monaco. There's other stuff to do in these cities, Micah, and yet he's focused. It was a great time, but it's a fact. There has to be some adjustments to that course. I'm going to say fact, Micah. Of course, you're going to have to have adjustments to anything you do. They put that course together in what, eight months? Eight months sounds like a long time to me. Well, it sounds like a long time, Micah. I've seen projects that have been on eight months, and there's still a whole bunch more to do to the project. There's some projects that move fast. There's some projects that move slow. Did you see how quick they made the whole uh, village in Qatar for the World Cup? And, and we couldn't make a racetrack in eight months that the, the racer said, I've seen better. I'll be happy to see Max and Streppen next year. Hopefully he'll be happier to see Vegas from the adjustments that are made because we want to see this continue. And they'll have more time, Micah. They'll have more time to focus on this. They did the first one. I'm sure to be grander the second time around. The NFL has to legalize more holding. It's fact. That that's a pure fact, Micah. I I don't. When you watch a game and the flags go out, I'm gonna guess the number one flag called is what? What's the number one for, for the amount of flags that are thrown in the game? What do you think the most call is? It's either gonna be pass interference or it's gonna be holding, or offsides, or false start. False starts another one. A lot of false starts, right? Well, come on. That How are you going to fall start at your job? You can't start the ticket before it comes out of the printer, Mike. You know that back from the kitchen days. You can't check in the guests until they get there. You can't ring up the groceries until they're at the checkout line. So you can't play the down until the ball is snapped. That is something you learned back in the peewee, the flag football days. This isn't the arena football league where you get the running start. Well, what they have to do, Micah, is figure it out. But I'm saying that they have to add more holding because Aaron Rodgers isn't protected. Joe Burrow isn't protected. Kirk Cousins isn't protected. Mac Jones has been injured. Chase Fields has been injured. Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson. If the offensive linemen can't do their job, I guess we just have to take away the penalty of holding to save the quarterbacks. You know, it takes me back, Micah, to the great offensive linemen, right? And you took them for granted. That great offensive line in Dallas... During the Staubach years. Oh, Larry Allen, my heart. You know, that's during the Aikman years. You look at the great offensive line that San Francisco had. You look at the great offensive line. Look at Brady played for how many years? 22? 22 years. And the one year he got hurt, they totally changed the rules on where quarterbacks can be hit. And now he said players aren't tough enough these days anymore. Well, thank you for changing those rules, Tom Brady. It's tough, Micah, especially when all your investment capital is going to the quarterback. It's tough. That's why we are seeing the struggles from the Kansas City Chiefs because, fact or fiction, their pie has been consumed by too few of pieces. Now, I, I'm going to say fiction on that, Micah. The Chiefs win against the Eagles on that pass, but it was raining. When do you think he would miss that pass? That's one of the best receivers in the NFL. This is the team with the second most drops in all of the NFL. There's a pretty high percentage of a chance that he was going to drop it. Second most drops in the entire NFL. We're talking about 27 drops as a team in, what are we, 11 games? So, yeah, that's three times a game. So there's about a 7% chance already right now. It's somewhere between 7 to 9% chance that a Chiefs 
receiver will drop a Patrick Mahomes pass this year, and that is a fact. That one should not have been dropped. But with the rain, it's the element too, Mike. I'm telling you, it's a fact that if that's Tyreek Hill out there and they paid that man, he is not dropping that pass. Continue. Fact or fiction, Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. I know you love L.A. I know the Chargers are only like the 16th most popular team in the city, but Brandon Staley has had a long tenure there for mediocrity. It's tough, Micah, but they've only – and it's hard, right? It's hard to put it in perspective because you have Justin Herbert and you want to win now. You have a new fan base in L.A. and you want to win now. He's lost by minimal scores. I think by by touchdown and less in every single game, right? You look at they lose to Minnesota. They get embarrassed by the Cowboys. You have to win these games at some point. How long does mediocrity go for? How long did Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow suffer a mediocrity? If Justin Herbert is that guy, they have to find a coach that's able to put him in those positions. Micah, just heard in, they or just got word and heard, did the Chargers rank above the Clippers? Yes. Go ahead, Micah. The Chargers do rank above the Clippers. Uh, they're, they're just barely new over from San Diego and transplanted, and they do go ahead of the Clippers. For now. That's a fact. Okay, we got that on the Mike Adams LA totem pole. We got the totem pole here, people. It ranks the hierarchy. Uh, I went all in last week on CJ Stroud, rookie of the year. I went all in on him, and I'm going even deeper. Last week, it was, is he top 10? This week, is he leading the Texans to the playoffs? I, I say fact. I think the Texans make the playoffs, Mike. And and here's what's funny. I was talking to a couple of guys, and they said, Mike, out of all the teams, who do you think is like the least likely to make the playoffs? And I and and this, some of them said Carolina. Some of them said the Texans. And I said, I think the Texans will make the playoffs. They thought I was nuts, Micah. C.J. Stroud will get into the playoffs. Well, here we go. The competitors that they're looking at. We know that the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Ravens look to be pretty sound in their position. Those three. And then you're thinking, do the Texans win the division? Do they even got to worry about the wild card? Because it's only really them and the Jags. Do you really believe in the Colts in that division? They don't seem to be stable. And there's too much quarterback controversy to think that the Titans can get it done. You're looking at the Browns. I love that defense. But will a quarterbackless team come to bite them in the end? Can the Bills get it together? And I guess we lead into this week with, do the Broncos continue this streak, Mike? Because they would be eight teams right there if we include the Texans that are possibly in that playoff conversation realistically in the AFC. Micah, I'm going to give you my picks of the week. You take them or you leave them. All right, everybody. You get your books out. You look at your bet sheets and you get them ready fast now. The Bills will win on Sunday. The Bills will win on Sunday. Now, for everybody not looking at the game of the week this week, as Mike is picking it, who are the Bills beating? Go ahead and fact check it, Micah. We got the Bills versus the Eagles. Correct. This is This is the big one. You in, were saying in, in Philly, Philly. In Philly. You think that there is going to be... Is there a hangover from last week? They did it with the grit and grind. They did it with the ground and pound. They didn't do it with... Brown down the field. They actually had a controversial moment. You didn't see Smith with a huge moment down the field. This is the team that you think is going to stumble up this Eagles machine and bring them back down to earth a little bit? The Bills are my pick of the week. The Broncos will win again. The Broncos will win again. We got the Broncos against that nasty Browns defense. We're going to see what they're going to do. 
Do you have another game that I'm is going, watchable this week? I, I'm going with those two, Micah. I know Chiefs and Raiders are on, on, on the television set. I'm not looking forward to watching that. Sunday night, we got the Ravens and the Chargers, and this is what I'm saying. The Chargers don't put in a good showing. That seat gets a lot harder, hotter on Brandon Staley. Interesting. How do the Bengals react now? No Burrow. You've had the 10 days to prepare. They take on the Steelers. Do you think there's that last gas effort, that surge behind the backup, or is this start to compile a possibly late run for the Steelers? Don't forget, they pulled one out on the Browns last week. They're right there neck and neck chasing the Browns to be second best now in the North. I like the Steelers. I like the Steelers in this game, and I think momentum moving forward is definitely if you were going to pick between the two teams on the Steelers side. And I believe they fired their offensive coordinator. I think I got that backwards, actually, that the Browns beat Browns them last beat, Browns beat Pittsburgh. Mike. The ba- Browns are still... This is where I expect them to stumble without a quarterback, but they didn't. Mike corrects me on that one. Uh, the PFL-Bellator merger means the UFC has a real challenger in front of them now. I'm going to say fiction. Why is it a fiction? Give it to me, Mike. There's no competitor to the UFC. Just like there's no wrestling competitor to the WWE, there's no competitor to the UFC. When you have a influx of capital from a certain investment group that was helping live golf, it, it makes it possible that the PFL overall entity could be competitive in the free agent market and that's truly going to be the only way that you are able to gain the influx because if they were able to draw attention towards the fighters they had on the roster now they would be making some impasse they haven't so free agency such as a Francis Ngannou such as a Jake Paul that's the best avenue for them to garner attention but this is one of the biggest things to happen in MMA forever that the PFL just bought Bellator Here's the other thing, Micah, with the UFC is so good at. When they started the Ultimate Fighter Series, it was like they had an influx of talent coming in year after year after year, and it allowed you to watch the show, whatever it was, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, and you were able to connect with these fighters. What's happening now is these other leagues don't have that. So you don't get the buildup, right? So like when Diego won it, and Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner both won it that night. Forrest won it, but they also gave Stefan a contract. And then when Rashad won it and Jardine and Christensen were on it, it gave you a chance to connect to these fighters. When, when there's a merger of this magnitude, right, with the PFL buying up Bellator, I mean, it's, it's not the same, Micah. You do get an influx of 210 fighters over the PFL. We will get to see crossover championship matchups and new international series being born. But you do make a great point. You look at even back to what Showtime Boxing was doing, a 24-7, and all access. You look at the UFC, there's Countdown. You can look at during Fight Week, they have the behind the scenes. That is something that the PFL and Bellator both could utilize because if you've ever watched their broadcast, they try to give you that Countdown background knowledge during the broadcast. And if you're already there to watch it, you don't need that sell. They need the sell in the lead-up. They need the hype and the push in there. And we're hoping with this new infusion of invention with their marketing will lead to a promise that can make them competitive. But fact or fiction, they have to have Jake Paul in a cage to make this successful. Fact. If they want to come out with a big splash of this merger, Micah, put Jake Paul against who's the biggest Bellator name right now? 
I don't think name. he lasts a long time against a Jason Jackson, a Ryan Bader, a Gegard Mousasi. You, you couldn't put him up against that talent immediately. And that's the problem. If you want a if you want a bigger name, maybe you go AJ McKee, maybe you go Usman Nurmagomedov. But we're talking yeah. about guys that fight at 155 but, pounds. But, but you can't do that either. That, unless well, unless a million this guy, that's the biggest you, name in Bellator. But you can't. You, you see where I'm going? Here's that's a guy, the problem. But, but his first fight in boxing was Nate Robinson. Your first fight in MMA can't be Fedor or Ryan Bader. It can't be because no. that'd be it. It can't be Aaron Pico. It, even that be it. It can't be a pit bull. Those guys are synonymous with Bellator. So how do you bring him up, right? You got to give him some opponents. You but but how maybe do you bring you... Ben Askren back out? Okay, he knocked him I like out that. Once. Ben's a former Bellator champion. Dust off the wrestling boots. Get in there. He's more active as a wrestler. That's the interesting part. How do you create the name? Because Nate Diaz is never going to volunteer his name to the PFL brand. We see him compete again. It's going to be in the octagon. There's no way that there's enough money to have Nate Diaz change his persona that much. I'm just saying when Jake Paul decides his first MMA match, and who knows? Like, he didn't fight Canelo. He didn't fight Charlo. He didn't fight Benavides. He didn't fight Caleb Plant. Do you understand what I'm saying? So do you bring a boxer into the mixed martial arts cage now? I don't know. Maybe you go with a kickboxer. Maybe you do bring up a... They are bringing up a, a Bellagio Ali Wash in the PFL. Or do you get a celebrity to go in there with him? Right? Like a celebrity name. Do you get the KSI fight that everyone's been looking forward to? And put they it in the cage. for so long, you put it in the cage, and it's primetime fights in the PFL. Brendan Allen primetime fight on Friday, on Saturday night last week, and he showed that we were right. He's just that one step away from a title fight. Yeah, that's a fact, Micah. It's, that, a, it's a fact. That was a ruthlessly efficient performance, taking everything away from... Paul Craig, and then grabbing the rear naked choke. Brendan Allen, someone that you guys need to highlight and pay attention to. Uh, Benavides is going to be too powerful Saturday night tonight for Andrade. Yeah, that, that's a fact, Micah. It, it, and Benavides is on this mission, right? And he wants Canelo. I think it's going to be a good fight because Andrade's such a technician. But Benavides' power, you nailed it. Benavides' power wins out. Does this kind of performance that you're expecting push that Canelo talk further. What more has to happen? Do you think it will ever happen? I don't know. I want it to happen. I want it to happen. I think Canelo beats him. He calls for it again after this win. Yeah, for sure. But I think it would be a great fight, a great matchup. But, again, when you watch his fight, Andrade, very technical, right? Tactician. But Benavides is going to be coming. Boom. Boom, Micah. Charlo is going to fight hungry and reckless against Benavidez's brother tonight to try to regain that family bravado that was lost in the Canelo fight. Yeah, and I think Benavidez's brother wins that. Oh, oh, are we calling upset here? Upset. Okay, see, that, that that's bigger than, than the Broncos. That's bigger than the Bills, Mike. How, how are you going to kill the lead? You got an upset alert. We needed an alarm somewhere in, in the beginning of the show, Sal, because that one is a huge upset alert. Both Charlos going down in 2024. You heard that from Mike hey, Adams. And the Bills, the Bills will beat the Eagles this week. That's my best bet of the week. 
Cameron Taylor, too. Do you have a prediction for that one on us this weekend? The women's belts are all on the line in a big one. No, I don't I don't have a prediction on this one, Micah. I don't. You would assume Taylor, right? I, I don't know. Do you think she overlooked Cameron the first time around? Was it a surprise? Or do you think the goods just a little bit past her time at this point? I, I, I'm going to say Taylor wins this. So we got Taylor, actually. The wake-up call did enough to set that alarm off, and she's going to set some alarms off with this fight. Interesting idea. Fact or fiction, you're on with it. Wilder says him and Joshua should just flip a coin to see which one gets the main event spot on the Saudi Arabia card. That's the proposal right now. Well, I'm going to say Anthony Joshua is probably a bigger star across uh, uh, on that side of the pond, right? I, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. And I mean, just I would if I'm Wilder, I'd say, okay, go ahead and be the main event, and then me and you sign after we win. If Joshua wins and and Deontay Wilder win, that's your next matchup, and then it's course it's main event. They're gonna be a big but, time. But, and let me just put it to you this way: if that fight was in the states, Deontay Wilder should be the main event. It's just who sells in what area. We're listening to Mike. It's a business talk here. Uh, do we have an overreaction from the Eagles over the Chiefs? You already said they're going to stumble this weekend. But is there any sort of overreaction to now there's an edge in this matchup for the Eagles should they meet down the line? Yeah, I think there is, Micah. And, and let me just put this. Are the Eagles good? They're very good. Are the Chiefs good? They're very good. Like I said, one catch away from that game shifting. But again, it's no woulda, shoulda, coulda. I could have not eaten that extra slice of turkey, but I should have eaten that extra slice of turkey. I had mashed potatoes with my slice of turkey. It was it's a nice little bit of topper there. You get it all together, get all those nice flavors, throw some green beans on top. Hey, and don't forget, I'm giving you the recipe of the week. The Thanksgiving recipe of the week, Micah. Should I just do it now? Do it now. You get a tin. The tin. And then you make a crust. And then you put some pumpkin in it. The pumpkin pie. I thought we were going to go with the green chili gravy. I didn't know where we were going this year. I've heard the green chili gravy. I've heard the green bean casserole. I believe we did a sweet potato pie one year. I don't know how you guys like your sweet potatoes. We know Mike is double marshmallow, a little bit of nuts. You got a little bit of dash of cinnamon and nutmeg on the top. Just like that Thanksgiving back in 1998. Because Randy Moss put on the greatest show we have ever seen a football player do against the Dallas Cowboys. Fact or fiction? Oh, Micah, it was an incredible game. I want to... I, I, I don't know if it's the most incredible performance ever against the Cowboys. Well, most incredible Thanksgiving performance. Thanksgiving performance, yeah. I'm just going that one day. Three for 163. Three touchdowns. And if you don't remember, people, this isn't like Randy Moss did this against some weird zone coverage. No. One-on-one against primetime in his prime. A year before, no one even threw in Deion Sanders' direction. And in Randy Moss's rookie year, he made this man look human. I was surprised that Mike goes fact on me. I thought you were going to go, no, Micah, 2004, six touchdowns. Peyton Manning against my beloved Detroit Lions. Greatest ever. But you agreed with me, Randy Moss. I win that one, people. And, you heard that. And I'll tell you why. Why? Because the matchup. Because you had to do it one-on-one against Dion. That's, uh, Micah, it's like having two great fighters, right? Randy right? Moss, Hall of Famer, Dion, Hall of Famer. And both in their prime, Micah. 
In their prime. And, with haymaker and, for haymaker. And playing in prime time. Because everybody knows on Thanksgiving you're going to watch the Cowboy game. In you prime might, time. You might have already forgotten Detroit's playing the Packers. You might have already forgotten the 49ers are playing the Seahawks. You don't forget the Commanders and the Cowboys. If you did a poll right now, they would say, what, yeah, I know what time the Cowboys are on. Fact or fiction, they need to bring back the John Madden six-legged turkey for, for the Fox game. You remember what I'm talking yeah, and about. It was, like, they had a different name for it, and I forget what the name was. The Galloping Gobbler? No, there was a whole different name for it. And yes, they have to come back with something. It they wasn't a Turduncan, was it? Yes. That's a what Turduncan. it was. Yeah, it was something like that. And uh yeah, we need we need something, Micah. Continue. Fact or fiction, Kyle Filpowski will bring this Duke team back to NCAA Promise for talking hoops, Mike. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know, I got a chance to go down to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I got a chance to go into Cameron Indoor and see the Duke Hall of Fame shirts or jerseys and all the trophies. To get to that, Micah, I don't know. I don't know, but so far, he's looking like another diaper dandy. This is the most impressive guy that I've seen down there since Jason Tatum, and we're only talking four games in. But what he's doing in the low post, how he's able to distribute in the open court with his frame and size, he looks to be somebody special to me. Let me ask you this, because when I saw the names when I walked in there, Micah, I just shook my head. Bonchero, right? I'm trying to go this way with it. Okay, so we're starting at Bonchero, okay. You got Tatum. Tatum. You got Zion. Zion. Uh, I, I, I'm see. I'm gonna start going way far back. All of a sudden, because I'm thinking Bad EA, Trajan Lang. Yeah, sure. But how about Kyrie? Kyrie. See, you, you, I knew I was you, forgetting you, somebody. You know what I mean? And I can give you all these names. Elton Brand. Yeah, and we can contend. I mean, we can name Grant Hill, Christian Leitner. I mean, we can say a thousand Jinx. names. And when you walk in there, you see them all, and you're like, man, all these guys played here. So is he that caliber? I think he might be the next name. He might be that next name we're talking about. Don't forget Marvin Bagley, and we also got Lively, another little daddy. JJ, JJ Redick. I mean, we can name a lot of Duke players. Mike. And we got a couple young Bobby ones Hurley. out there right now making some great impact. Uh, we've talked about wake-up calls already. Did Marquette give Kansas the wake-up call they needed? They look like a surefire Final Four team to me in the preseason. Great first couple games. This was a big loss in Honolulu. Oh, but Michael, you know what's interesting? So fact, Marquette is good. It's not like Marquette is bad. It was a 13-point loss, though. And sometimes Kansas gets off to slow starts. Do you understand what I'm saying, Micah? Like, Micah, this is serious business, Micah. It's serious. It's in-season tournament serious, and that's why the Lakers are playing so well. So fact or fiction, I believe they are 3-0 and leading the 4-0. and 4-0. Now, is it the A bracket, the B bracket, or the C bracket? 4-0, blew out Utah, beat Phoenix. They're in the quarterfinals of the Cup. And one more win, Micah, they're in Las Vegas. And if they win this, it'll be like the, it'll be like the NBA title. Yeah, but if they win this, will it be just like the NBA title, and are they going to rebuild the team at the trade deadline? I don't think they rebuild it. Because what what constitutes a rebuild? If it would be the third consecutive season where they turn over half the roster at the trade deadline? I don't think they have to. 
No, I'm asking, will they? I didn't think they had to the last two years either, but they keep doing it. I don't think they do it this time around, Micah. Okay, so fact or fiction, if they win, and we believe it's a fact, if they win this Commissioner's Cup, this is actually the Lakers roster. Absolutely fact. First time that we get the Lakers roster before the trade deadline in the LeBron James era. This is historical. Micah, I know we're going to have a tremendous interview, but i got to mention Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast. At Mike Adams 2.0, sell behind the glass. Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for you, sell behind the glass. You need to hear that. You're my main man. Joe Neal, thank you. Dave, thank you. It's. It, it, I'll tell you what, you got to be thankful. And I'm thankful for all the listeners. Michael Franco, I'm thankful of you, buddy. Man, Mike Adams, that's sweet of you. I'm thankful of you, sir. Thank you. I'm thankful for Alyssa Ryan, thankful for Preston John Michael. You're listening to Mike Adams 2.0. Michael Frankel with a tremendous, tremendous interview coming up on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. We're back. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio Albuquerque. As Mike promised, I have a special interview coming up. And joining us right now, he is the president of BKFC, Mr. David Feldman. How are you doing today, sir? What's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to a massive event. But before we get to BKFC 56, need to get your thoughts on this last groundbreaking weekend that you had going over to Bulgaria. What did that mean to open another territory? I was just, it was great. Um, you know, we had two sellout events in Bulgaria and in the UK back to back nights. Um, it was built, build now as what they're telling me. It was the, it was the best combat swimming event they've ever had in the country of Bulgaria. So that was really, really big for us. Everybody's talking about it. They can't wait for us to come back March 22nd to Bulgaria. It was a great gateway into, into Eastern Europe. And we think that, um, we think we really, um, laid some really, really good foundation there now. Then the next night, as you said, traveling to the UK, a huge main event there. Jared Warren with a great victory. That UK crowd, they're always selling it out great for you guys, aren't they? Yeah, it's great. It's really grown in the UK. Um, it's a great market for us. Jared uh, Warren had a tremendous upset over, uh, over Danny Christie. Some great fights on that car, some great up-and-comers. Um, I think it was our best car we've ever had in the U.K., and looking forward to many more next year. Am I able to talk you into telling us what you have next in store for Jared Warren coming off of that win? I'm sorry? Do you have in mind what's next for Jared Warren coming off of that win? Uh, Jared Warren, look, I think you know he could be in line for a title shot. Probably one more fight coming back. Um, we need to get him one more good win, and then he'll be in line for a title shot. I think that... Um, I think you know he he proved a lot. I mean, this was a this was a big victory for him against the tenacious Danny Christie, who really comes to bang, and you know he, he scored a hell of a win. I know that we saw Warren calling for Hunt, and Hunt even recently put on on social media, kind of articulating why he doesn't think it would be a good matchup. So you can see that friction already leading towards maybe a nice little story brewing for you guys. But there's a lot of great story around this next event coming up. we got BKFC 56. How excited are you just for, again, breaking in a new territory debut event there in Utah? 
Uh, it's going to be great. Salt Lake City has been good to us. We have two big sponsorship partners bucked up, and Mid 45 are, are two of our major sponsors. They're both from Salt Lake. They both said the hype out there is like something they've never seen before. So we're really, really excited about uh, getting to Salt Lake City. Obviously, main event, Mike Perry versus Eddie Alvarez, the King of Violence Championship on the line. Ben Rothwell taking on Todd Duffy. Three championship matches, Jimmy Rivera versus Jeremy Stevens, and six undercard matches. Probably the most stacked up-and-down card we've ever had in BKFC. Probably the most hype behind an event that we've ever had, and we're really, really excited about closing out the year with a fire event like we have. Eddie Alvarez versus Mike Perry. How did you make this happen? You know, I think it kind of lined itself up for uh, April 29th, and the funny thing is, is I didn't have to ask Eddie Alvarez. He actually called me up. He said, I want to fight again. I said, great. Who do you want to fight? He said, I want Mike Perry. I said, you want Mike Perry? You're going up and wait. He said, I want Mike Perry. He said, he said, I see his style. I see holes in his style. I know how to beat him. I'm going to beat him. I want Mike Perry. So we served him up Mike Perry, and we're going to see that if Eddie Alvarez can, can you know, I guess solve the puzzle of what Mike Perry's been able to do in BKFC so far. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Big Ben Rothwell, 2-0, two knockouts coming into this fight in BKFC. You know, the biggest guy in BKFC taking on Todd Duffy, who holds one of the top five fastest knockouts in UFC history. So, you know, that there's a big story behind that. Who's going to win that battle of the Giants? And then the championship matches, Arnold Adams versus Mick Terrell, Beck Rawlings versus Christine Perea. Um and then the one fifty, the one forty five pound championship, uh, HD versus um, versus my guy Kai Stewart. Um, it's going to be a, a great event. And then we just added Jeremy Stevens versus Jimmy Rivera. Two legends in the UFC are going to be battling each other, taking their gloves off, and we're going to see what happens. Bringing over Jeremy Stevens, we've seen what Jimmy Rivera has been able to do in bare knuckle. Was there a long conversation? Was this something that was long in the works to bring Jeremy over? Um, you know, we talked about it before, and transparently, we couldn't get the deal done. He wanted a little bit too much money, but I think, you know, we found the right sweet spot for both of us. Um, he's got a big name in the UFC. He he fought everybody there is to fight in the UFC, and, you know, he's coming over to fight another guy that's been in the UFC and fought a lot of people there as well. Pulled some good victories. Jimmy Rivera, 2-0 and with uh, BKFC. Jeremy Stevens making his debut, and you know we're going to see if um if he can ruin uh the welcoming party or not. I've literally been right in the middle of the fight hype leading up between Kai Stewart and HD Davis. If you remember up there in Denver, has this title fight you think taking it to a almost a next level to drawing attention for the division? I saw what they were doing earlier this week on the Bare Knuckle Show. Uh, I've had Kai on an earlier podcast. They are doing everything they can to show that as title as a championship fight that they deserve a lot of attention on this card too. Hey, look, they're doing what we asked them to do. They're promoting, and they're going to come out and fight, right? We don't just want guys that can fight. We don't just want guys that can promote. We want guys that can promote and can fight. And both of these guys are doing what the company's asking of them. 
So I'm really rooting for both of them. May the best man win, but it's going to be a hell of a fight. It's going to be a hell of a lead-up into the fight, and both of them are very, very confident individuals. So I think we're going to have a collision course there at BKFC 56 in Salt Lake City. I know there was a point where you had said you wish you would have almost been able to have done a featherweight tournament. Does this almost kind of kick off getting the belt in circulation and getting some of those ideas for the division you had out here in front of us? Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, we wanted to do a tournament, but but we, we we had to have a title fight. We have that title fight coming up, and, you know, we'll see what happens with, with the division. There's a lot of up-and-coming 145-pounders on that card that are going to make a lot of sense. I mean, in, in BKFC, that are going to make a lot of sense to challenge for a championship. So there's not going to be any shortage of contenders for the 145-pound division. So, you know, we're going to see what happens on uh, on December 2nd. Beck Rollins had a lot of success against Christine Faria until the champion was able to land one of those blows, as we know, that happens in bare knuckle, causes a cut for safety reasons. The fight is stopped. How long did it take before you guys were thinking a rematch was the right direction to go for the women's flyweight division? I thought it was was in the works as as soon as that fight was over. I said that was a hell of a fight, and that's something I'd, I'd love to see run back. And... Here we are running it back. I mean, you got two girls that that went at each other, had the crowd on their feet, and unfortunately, cuts do happen in BKFC. And uh, that crawling suffered a cut, and now she's coming back. She said she's a hundred percent taking that championship back to Australia. And then, of all the fights on this card, I almost feel like Merritt versus Merrill versus Adams heavyweight title fight. This is getting the least amount of attention on the card, and we're about to crown another heavyweight champion. That's awesome. Well, I think, I think. look, you got guys that aren't really promoting themselves that much, and the company, you know, they didn't fight a lot, and the company, honestly, the company didn't do a good job of promoting them the way that they should have, and we're going to. So whoever wins this fight, we're going to do a hell of a promotional job into their next fight, and their next fight could be the winner of... Uh, Ben Rothwell versus Todd Duffy. So I think that's going to get a lot of notoriety to that championship match in the future. And I think that will start, you know, kind of be like the jump start into getting people talking about the heavyweight division in BKFC. Plus, you know, we have four or five different signings we're going to do in the next two weeks in the heavyweight division. And I think that's going to add some notoriety to that division as well. BKFC 56, this is going to be the biggest card today, and I believe this is going to be the second time that it's going to be a special pay-per-view event? Yeah, it's a special pay-per-view event. BKFC subscribers are going to get a discount code for $29.99. It's $49.99 on all the different cable and satellite providers in the United States and Canada. It's also $49.99 on Fight TV, and there's going to be some other platforms as well that are going to host this event. We expect to do pretty good numbers on this event, a lot of hype behind this event, and we're just excited about it. I can't wait to get out to Salt Lake City, a real, real combat sports town, and I think they're going to love welcoming in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 56. Couple more minutes here with Dave Feldman, BKFC president. I'm Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017, the team. Uh, Got to credit Mike and Mish, their podcast. I heard this little tidbit from them. They had talked to Mike Perry before the Eddie Alvarez signing, and had, he had already alluded to wanting to bring over Eddie and welcome him to the sport, and had even kind of floated out this notion of of the King of Violence title being on the line. 
did you were you aware of any of that when this fight was being made and the king of title violence was being put together? No, nah, I mean I think the king of violence really came about on the Ari Holani show, but at the end of the day is look. We're in this business. It's a fight business, serious business, and let's have some fun with it, right? The King of Violence is going to be fun. It's it's going to be a fun fight, and it's a fun title, right? So let's let's add some fun to a very very brutal sport, bare knuckle fighting. I mean, it it's as real as it gets. It's it. There's nothing else tougher out there in the world. It's the most exciting combat sport on planet Earth. It's bare knuckle fighting championship, and let's have some fun with it. So we are. We got the King of Violence. Champion is going to be crowned on December 2nd. Is it going to be Mike Perry? Is it going to be Eddie Alvarez? We're going to find out soon. And did I also hear a rumor that in the next year we could see in Thailand a BKFC Muay Thai kind of series or league following up on the massive fight that you guys had there last month? And we'll see what happens. I mean, I wasn't overly excited about the kickboxing part of it, the Muay Thai part of it, just because... I like, I think in BKFC, I think what really gets the fans excited is the sound of the fist hitting the skin, hitting the face. And we didn't get that um, with the kick. The kicks were exciting. You know, it's something that we'll think about adding. But, you know, the old adage, the old saying is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We know that the company is continuing to grow and expand. Uh, tryouts recently in South Africa. You're flying Chris Lytle all over the place, including back here to Albuquerque, December 9th for tryouts. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the tryout process and the expansion of the company. Yeah, we, we partnered up with uh, Lisa Garcia and uh, Teresa Tapia there in Albuquerque to do our prospect series down there. We're going to launch that on January 27th. Uh, that's going to be in, in Albuquerque. And on December 9th, we're actually doing our tryouts in Albuquerque. We're going to try, try to find some up-and-coming talent for that show. Um, some men and women that you know that want to see if they have what it takes to fight on BKFC, and if they get through the tryouts, and then they get through the prospect series, then they can have a chance to fight at BKFC. So I think it's a great chance for us to follow the journey of all, of all these fighters from the beginning all the way up until they hit the big leagues. January 27th, Prospect Series. Always happy to see you guys back and the sport here in New Mexico where it's been thriving, where the fans have been packing it out. Do you have a, a slot on the calendar for when you're planning to bring another big BKF sh show back here? It looks like we're we're targeting end of March. We don't have an exact date yet. We're looking at some openings and some other things that might happen in some new states that are opening. But we're certainly going to be there March or April. Albuquerque is a great, great city for us they love us we love them and we can't wait to bring a big show back and that's definitely going to happen soon every so often i see on your social media there's a there's a meeting with fox sports there's a meeting with amazon prime there's a meeting here or there how close are we to getting this full-blown broadcast deal for bkfc uh, we got we got proposals out everywhere right now so we're just trying to work out the deal i'm very confident that um, at some point in 2024, we're going to have a, a television or a uh, an OTT streaming deal. I'm very confident that we're going to really grow and explode because this is the most exciting, um, really the most exciting combat sport on planet Earth. And all we got to do is get people in front of it. And once they see it, they become repeat fans. And a network deal, an OTT platform deal, something like that would really just widen this whole entire thing. And skyrocket the growth of BKFC. 
Salt Lake City, Utah, December 2nd, the Maverick Center. It's the King of Violence Bell on the line, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry. You also have the heavyweight title, the women's flyweight title, the featherweight title, and two more super feature fights. It's going to be the biggest night in BKFC history today. It keeps getting bigger and bigger, and always appreciate Dave Feldman taking some time to talk to me, sir. Thank you, my man. Thanks for all your support. Always, sir, and I'll talk to you. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. ESPN Radio, Mike Adams 2.0. Enjoy some fights tonight, and everybody have a safe and happy Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.